0: This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider. Welcome to this Investec Asset Management Investment Views 2020 podcast. Archie Hart is a Portfolio Manager at Investec Asset Management in London, and we're going to talk about emerging market equities. Archie, welcome. I'm just looking back at what you said about a year ago. You say the following, the defining characteristic of emerging market equities is the inherent cyclicality of the asset class. And then you go on to say two points, which I want to bring up with you. We believe the market is overly cautious with regards to the possibility of a Chinese hard landing. And then you go on to say unwinding of QE policies presents a challenge in the short term, but offers opportunities for stock pickers such as ourselves. Going back to China, there's been a landing, but not a hard landing, in my opinion. And then the QE story is all over the place. What do you make of it?
1: I think to put things in context, providing outlooks is always difficult, because I think many people tend to take current trends and just extrapolate them into the future. And and the world's not linear, so that tends to, to often give a false steer. And I think particularly at this stage and where we are globally, we have the disruptions from China's rise and America's reaction with the trade war. We have potential technology bifurcation between China and the U.S., We have this energy transition going on from carbon to non-carbon. We have, I think, a big rethinking of capitalism, particularly in the developed world with the the business roundtable saying shareholders are now now, no longer paramount. Apparently 40% of Americans now prefer socialism to capitalism. And we have continuing central bank intervention and QE and $13 of bonds with with negative yields. And then lastly, just in recent months, we've seen obviously massive demonstrations in many, many countries around the world. So it's a very uncertain environment to be providing an outlook for, I think is, is what I'd say.
0: Exactly. And that uncertainty would probably be more pronounced when it comes to emerging market equities to developed market equities, or am I actually getting it the wrong way around?
1: It's so interesting you should say that. So I think if we look at what's the unifying concept behind a lot of those things I've just mentioned, it's really that economic growth is low, slowing or, or disappointing. And and many of the things I mentioned are either a cause of that or perhaps a, a symptom of that. And I think that has a lot of implications for investment markets, simply a, a lower, slower growth world means sort of potentially lower investment returns going forward. What most differentiates uh, emerging markets and developed markets at this point is that I think a lot of people in developed markets are beginning to argue that the historical rules of economics no longer apply. So banks can charge depositors and pay borrowers Interest rates can go negative, governments can borrow unlimited amounts of money, etc. In actual fact, if you look at 2019, the conventional rules definitely still apply in emerging markets. So Argentina and Turkey, for instance, the markets have trashed those those countries basically on, on the basis that they don't meet traditional disciplines on price stability, fiscal and current account deficits. So if you like, a distinguishing factor of emerging markets is that the old rules still apply. The distinguishing factor of developed markets is perhaps uh, there's a whole set of new rules which uh, we still to really work out. I, I would argue the fact that the old rules still apply to emerging markets is is actually quite positive. And, and the reason I say that is that many emerging markets have spent... Decades experimenting with radical alternatives things like communism and socialism And have realized actually that those non-market measures really haven't historically worked So if, if you look at China for example, they obviously experimented with communism for 30 years between 1949 and 1979 and the result by nine by the time 1970 came it was that the Chinese were actually eating less than they had 20 years before. They were eating less than 2,000 calories. And actually, at the point where the communists came into power, they actually ate more than that. The Chinese, I think, for one, have realized that socialism is not the answer and perhaps the market is, is more of an answer. And I think what's been striking this year is seeing the Chinese react to the trade war, yes, with some retaliatory trade actions against the US, but actually saying, let's open our asset management, insurance, life insurance, securities, investment banking and banking markets to foreigners. Let's liberalise interest rates. Let's allow Tesla to set up the first foreign-owned car factory. Let's set up our own version of NASDAQ called a star market. So actually, China has been notably, I think, positive in terms of its attitude to investors and particularly foreign investors and I have to say that in very difficult circumstances the policy direction of China I think is generally
0: very positive. Let's go back to what you said just for the last minute if we can Archie. I like the convention and the tradition and the old rules you spoke about. Can you apply those to your outlook and your portfolio positioning for 2020 for emerging market equities?
1: So I think looking at um, China I mean we think that the key statistics in China is China is now two-thirds of the size of the U.S. economy. Its stock market is only one-third the size of the U.S. stock market. Its weighting in the global equity interest is only 9% of the U.S. weighting. So we think over time you're going to see the Chinese economy, stock market, and index weighting all become more significant. So we remain... Overweighting China we accept short-term volatility around that, but we do think China is going to be an equity story That is increasingly going to be a focus of international investors if we look at Brazil Brazil is another country where We're seeing an increased focus on how the market can help them achieve their goals, so we've just seen uh, a huge hundred billion Ri social security reform there which is essentially going to go a long way to fixing the fiscal side there. A new administration is rolling back state involvement in the economy, taming state-owned banks, privatizing infrastructure, etc. And we have a higher weighting in Brazil than we've had at any time in the past five years. And and I think, lastly, we're, we're beginning to see signs of positive movement in places like India and South Africa those are markets where we're still cautious of, but India, for example, has cut its corporate tax rate from 35% to 25% and to 15% for new manufacturing companies. The hole in the budget they're going to fill with $20 billion of privatizations. South Africa is beginning to timidly accept that the solution to problems like ESCOM and South African Airways may lie more with the private sector. So we can see generalised movement, I think, in the right direction. And so, so for me, China, I think, is going to remain a focus for us. Brazil looks a very interesting change story. But more broadly, I think this pragmatic conventional approach by emerging markets bodes well for emerging market
0: performance versus developed market performance as we look forward. Archie, thanks for that insight. That's Archie Hart, who's a portfolio manager at Investec Asset Management in London.